Hello and welcome to another episode of Say Something Interesting, the follow-up podcast from Eastlake Tri-Cities. My name is Brent. With me today is my friend Megan Hello. and my friend Lauren, special guest Lauren Wanamaker. How are you doing, Lauren? I'm good. I'm a little nervous to we be recording this right now. We are throwing Lauren into the deep end. She came on staff yesterday, her first day, and uh, we said, all right, first line of duty is you got to come on the podcast and we're going to roast you. And we've called all of your old high school friends and we've got <laughs> stories and you're going to say true or false. Uh, Do I get a lifeline? <laughs> yeah, you get a lifeline, <laughs> okay. but it's only your in-laws. You can only call your in-laws. All right. So uh, pretty interesting <laughs> lifeline there. Uh, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, it's uh, it's good to be back. Megan, yes. how's your week? It's pretty good. Megan had an interview yesterday. We did. Uh, and we don't know about this. Okay. We don't know the results of this yet. We're in the waiting limbo. Yep. But it must have went well because she was late to recording today. So I no, figured. See, I'm late to recording she, because on I think she was Monday, like, "Screw this, man! I'm almost out on this." Because on Mondays I don't get here till 9:30, and then that half hour earlier on Tuesdays really throws me. That's yeah. really what happened. Yeah. Honestly. Okay. I just thought it was a don't don't expect anything more. I I, I think pretty sure I nailed this interview. So I'm on my way out. I mean, I think it did went pretty well, but we. Who knows? That's exciting. So, yeah. I uh, I had something exciting happen last night. I what? got home and uh, from work and uh, did some yard work. And I mentioned to you, I think both of you at staff meeting about the bees that yes, I've been. Yes, we like, had a whole like oh, gardening. Yeah, trying hour. to. Yeah, the first the first uh, <laughs> half hour of staff meeting was all about that was gardening. My fault, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, I'm like, I, I got this tree and I cannot find this bee's nest. I've looked and then as soon as I, I get like 30 seconds and then they come after me and I got to go. So anyways, I was, uh, I, I looked again last night. I could not find anything, whatever. So I'm, I'm trimming the other bushes around there. And I've, I, there's this one that's like really tall right on the side of our house. And I have to get on a ladder to get to the top of it, to trim the top of it off. So I get up on this, it's six foot, but it feels like about 16 foot when you're up on mm -hmm. top with the, you know, with hedge trimmers and my son's underneath, like Clive oh just gosh. running around and I'm trimming. And all of a sudden I trim one of the tops away from this thing and I see the giant wasp nest in the top of this thing and they start flying at me and I'm oh, on no. top of a ladder and I'm like, oh, this is not going to end. And Clive's underneath, so I can't just bail and just land on my two-year-old. <laughs> I'm like freaking out, man. These head trimmers are going. They're coming at me 60 miles an hour. I finally get down. No problem. And then uh, I go get the spray. And I just I just want to say, I don't know that there's anything as gratifying as spraying a wasp nest with the stuff that kills them in 30 seconds. <laughs> no, that's and true. just watching them die. Now, listen, I'm not sadistic. <laughs> I, I love animals. I, I'm not like anti-animals. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess I hunt. So maybe I, I don't know. Anyways. anyways. <laughs> but killing bees, especially... Uh, yellow jackets that are like useless to society. They're right? the worst. They're yeah. the worst. And watching watching them and knowing, like I've sprayed them and they're alive for a few more seconds, but then I get to watch them just go, no, nah, I'm, I'm done. I'm out yeah. and fall to the ground. <laughs> it is immensely satisfying. Yeah. It was a great night. Yeah. It was Especially really, really when great. you're like, have been spending a lot of emotional energy worrying about where it is yes. and trying to figure it out. Yes. You're risking your life. And yeah, now the, the truth is there might be two, right? Yeah, and I still uh -huh. can't find the other one, but this one was definitely a haven and it was so far <laughs> up that I just never even thought to look yeah. up there. And you didn't yeah. get stung. And I didn't get stung. And, and Clive didn't, didn't get stung. Yeah, you and go. you didn't like fall on Clive. And I didn't fall on Clive. Or no drop the stabbed, head trimmers on yeah. him. I did. <laughs> I did, however, go back to the garage to go grab the spray. And uh -huh. when I came back out, Clive is seven steps up that ladder. Oh, no. So uh, <laughs> and Kylie has not heard that part of the story because she was at Lowe's grabbing some other stuff. 
So that's exciting. So she's not on a walk right now. What's that? Is she getting more wasp color? <laughs> Probably. She should be. <laughs> you know, she bought she bought one of those yellow cones because I told ah. her oh, yeah. I need uh-huh. to get a I need to trap some of these things if I'm gonna have a shot at getting underneath there and checking them out. Yeah. So you guys don't care about my bee, bee problems, but I, I um, do. You wanna Seems hear like a really deal. cute Megan story about yellow jackets? I'd love to. That's when why I we're like here. Three. This is called Yellow Jackets with Megan. <laughs> yeah. When I was three, I regularly called them those little guys with the yellow coat. <laughs> Yellow coats. <laughs> Not a jacket. We had the, we had, yeah, we, we had the British red coats, and yeah. now we have to be yellow coats. Yeah. Those little guys. With, I don't like those little guys with the yellow coats. Yeah. That's, was the quote. Yeah. They're the worst, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. They are the worst. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, how was your first day? What, how would you rate first day <laughs> job? Now, you mentioned yesterday something about, you know, I've, you've had, how many jobs have you had since you were, like, say, let's 18? Five. Five jobs since you were 18. Yeah. You've had five first five days. Six, yeah. Where does this rank on the pantheon <laughs> of first days in the office? It's it was up there. I mean, really? okay. just in terms of it's very it's it's I'll turn your mic off if you say three or four. So <laughs> No, no, no. It's just the most different than all the other ones I've yeah. had. So um massively chill, which was good. I, I am not used to it. Right. Um, which isn't a bad thing, but yeah, you guys are just you know, I was here right on time, but yeah, you know, I'm sure. gonna have to get you. She texts me, she's like, I'm here. I'm like, ah, I'm I'm on G Way, I'll be right there. So adjustments will be made. But no, yeah, it, was, it was I fun. was like, your time when you read the line in the expectations that talks about timeliness, just ignore that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's get a little background on you. Yeah. So you're from here. I'm from here originally. I, I grew up um I was born in New Mexico, but uh grew up here. In North Richland, um, went to Hanford High and went to school in Spokane, uh, college. Whitworth? Is that where you went? Whitworth, okay. that's right. Go Bucks. Um, and then after college, I moved to Alaska, uh, Anchorage, and my now husband and I were there for almost three years. He's from Juneau. Um, Is that where you guys met? Was up there? We actually met at Whitworth. Okay. Yep. So... Um, he had already had a job lined up and I was like, well, I'm not going to move like for you. And then I, I did that. So, um, <laughs> it worked out, you know, I can't complain. Right. And actually there was a lot more to choose from in the job market up there than there was down here. So I was like, you know, if I hate it, I can just move back. So I've yeah. flown through Anchorage, but I've never gotten out, but I hear it's awesome. Hey, it's a cool city. It's cool. Yeah. It's, um, it kind of reminds me of Spokane. Like it's the biggest city in Alaska, but it's really only like 300,000 people. So that kind of gives you an idea of Alaska <laughs> as a whole. It's just not a very populated state at all. Um, lots of really, really good food. More on that in a bit. Yeah. Has something to do with my say something interesting. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. Um, no, no, just really good food. Um, the mountains are beautiful. It's a beautiful state, but you are super isolated. So like, how you many can't just moose drive. did you see? Oh, at least 15. I mean, and they really do walk out mm-hmm. on the road. Like yeah. you, there's, you see the moose crossing signs and it's not a joke. I mean, they, they don't care. They'll come right out. Um, actually one of my offices, for one of the jobs I worked at up there, I would see a moose, like every spring there'd be a moose mama and like her, her babies. So it was, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. No bears, but you kind of don't want to run into them. Yeah. So. No kidding, I mean, I've right? heard you don't really want to run into moose either. No, but. you don't. Ian was charged by a moose once. <laughs> really? Like, playing Sounds disc golf. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the time they're bluffing, but the one time they're not is yeah. the one time <laughs> you don't get to talk about it. So yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> you never hear those stories, no, do you? No, no, you don't. Yeah. Uh, so then at, a couple years ago, you moved back to the Tri-Cities. Yes. Is that a job change for Ian or you or what was the... Well, we actually both kept our jobs. We were working remotely from That's here. Right. We okay. moved back because my parents, my dad is a chemical engineer. He works for Arriva. Um, I guess they're Framatome now. They keep changing back and forth. But they accepted a like a three-year term in, in France. So um, they were going to move over there and asked us if we would mind living in the house for free. And it was like kind of hard to turn that down. So um, yeah, we both kept our jobs and moved back here and lived in their house. Um, and then... And the first time I met you, you showed up for a... Uh, was it a... Was it one of our theology, pub theologies? I, yeah, yeah, that, I think that's right. And yeah. it was in the, the room downstairs and... Uh, in the multi-purpose room and you're like, yeah, so, you know, we work, we're from Anchorage or from here, but you know, recently been there. It's complicated, I hadn't yeah. met your husband mm-hmm. yet at all. It was just you and you took a risk coming to a church. I think your first event, was it not this? Was it not pop theology or had you come on a Sunday before? We had been coming, um, to the nights. Oh, okay. You said yeah, nights. Yeah. yeah. So. so nights and, and, uh, I just remember meeting you and being like, what an interesting person from, you know, doing this like nonprofit work in Anchorage, but down here and family from here and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then you started playing on our worship team, a little bit volunteering on that. And then we noticed like, who's got that killer voice. So that's maybe how, if you're listening, you, you may be like, I recognize that voice somewhere. Um, it's, uh, she's sings lead on our, our worship team a ton and, uh, and has had a stellar voice. And about what, a year ago or so you got, took a job with the boys and girls club. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, I, I remember you, I found out through Brian that he was hiring and talked to you about it and got that job. And I remember in the back of my mind going, I'm getting her a job, but I wish I was the one hiring her. <laughs> <laughs> It's, so it's like uh, it's like a bummer to like find something for a friend and then be like, ah, I, I kind of like that car for myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and uh, and then it came about. We've been looking for this wear love position. And I know, you know, in your mind, it wasn't like like the pastoral angle wasn't like what you were. You weren't searching online at pastors.com for <laughs> positions no. for a pastor. Christian hires. But you've got com. this nonprofit <laughs> background that's so great. The worship piece that really fits a need for us and just, you know. All, all kinds yeah. of stuff. And so um, it just was a no-brainer. I remember my wife and I were sitting around the dinner table. We had gone through this. We'd posted the job online. We'd done a couple of interviews. We brought even somebody in, and mm-hmm. we're doing this. And everything just kind of, like, wasn't quite fitting right. They were either on their end or our end. It was like, ugh. And then uh, Kylie goes, well, what about Lauren? Would she ever do something like that? And immediately it re-triggered in my mind that moment when I thought to myself, I'm hooking Brian up with somebody, but I, I wish I could, you know, hire her. And uh, so then I was like, I don't know if she would do it. We called. You sounded very interested. And we kind of got the dialogue process going. And I said, I know this is a crazy time. It feels weird to be hiring during a pandemic. Most mm-hmm. people are doing the opposite of hiring during mm-hmm. a pandemic. Yeah. Um, and we're just kind of anticipating and hopeful. And, and also, we just feel like um, you're so good. It's worth hiring during a time when nobody else is hiring. I feel like... Uh, my personality is to sometimes try and do things when everybody else is zigging, we're zagging, right? <laughs> Whether it's in the church world or investing world or whatever else, uh, it just makes sense to kind of do that in, in that way. So anyways, um, we, uh, you put in two weeks at, at, uh, at, at the other place. <laughs> I did. Took yeah. a week off, rode the bike around a little bit. <laughs> that was pretty then, much it. <laughs> yeah. Then, <laughs> it was kind of a weird week. <laughs> and then showed up here yeah. yesterday and, and boom, here we go. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked. It's throwing it's, you in the deep end in a couple of weeks. Yeah. we got a worship night coming up and this is like, you know, one of the areas of focus for you. And, yeah. and so, um, 
if you haven't met her yet, you're going to. You're going to get a chance to see her, and, and whether you go through base camp uh, on a Sunday uh, and get hooked up with Wear Love, or uh, just want to join up with a nonprofit and need some help, little hand holding on your way. Lauren's the person to be able to make that thing happen, and we're just bottom line, we're excited to have you a part of the team. Yes, and thanks for exciting. being here for the <laughs> podcast today. Thanks, so. guys. Yeah, balances out the like gender. Uh, ratio. That's right. Girl power. We are completely balanced. Now I'm in the minority here. What are you talking about? Well, in this particular moment, you are. Oh. But like, <laughs> oh, generally, our staff is very male heavy. Oh, gotcha. So. Yeah. <laughs> are you calling Andrew male heavy? <laughs> I've never called Andrew male heavy. That guy <laughs> needs to eat more cheeseburgers. All right. <laughs> let's uh, uh, let's jump yeah. into message recap for the yeah. weekend. We did uh, part two of our series, Either Or, series on decisions. I mentioned uh, last week, we we're going to be talking about deception and self-deception this week. Not only the deception that we kind of use to deceive other people, but oftentimes the one that infiltrates even ourselves. Um, we've been looking at the story uh, of the man with two sons that Matthew talks about in chapter 21 of his story of the life and the teaching of Jesus, where he says the dad goes to the two sons, says, go to work. Uh, one of them says, no, change his mind and actually goes. But the second one says, um, yeah, I'll do it, and then doesn't show up to work, and who was the deceiver in this, and it's easy to kind of make that out, but then uh, we said that uh, Kierkegaard offers this interesting question of, had neither son done the work? Um, but one, you know, the, the initial responses are still the same. So one says no, and he doesn't. One says yes, and he doesn't. Who's better off? Not who's done the will of the Father, because the answer to that question is neither, but who's better off in that scenario? And it was for him, and I think in reality for us too, it's the one who like outright goes, I don't want to do it, and I'm not going to do it. Because the person who says yes has all kinds of things going against him, this, um, this good intention thing, this complexity thing, this contextuality deal. We talked about um, divorce and changes and, and all kinds of um, things about how when we say we're going to do something or say this, and then we change our mind or we go a different direction, what that does to us um so anyways there's a, a bunch of stuff in there you got a bunch of notes on there you start us off today and then yeah and then... well first i want to know what kind of mind changer are you are you like yes first and then like i don't want to do that or are you like heck no no oh, maybe i will do that like what are you i'm probably a yes and then no would be my <laughs> guess I would have guessed that for you also. Um, but I respect i have some of my best friends and the people i'm drawn most to are the people who are like no, I'm not going to do it. And they have harsher boundaries than me. Mm -hmm. And it feels harsh, but I like the control that they have over it. And especially if they're wise enough later on to adapt and be like, okay, I was just being a jerk or an idiot. And this mm -hmm. is really, truly the right option. And then change. Now, some of my friends are harsh boundaries and never change their mind. <laughs> and I hold them to that too. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I like to be right a lot. And if I say yes to things, I don't know that that's just a different yeah. Lauren, what it, do you so. think you are? I think I'm like a, Ooh, that sounds good. Let me think about it. <laughs> and I'll get back to you, which is like kind of the most annoying. I yeah. feel like out of all the options, that's like um, a, that's a soft no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to say no to your face, but probably not in, in a text message in right. about an hour. It yeah. feels a lot better. Yeah. And then I have to like sweat over it, you know, I'm like, why did I do this to myself? So no, I totally admire the people that are like, no, I'm not doing that because yeah. so I, I, I aspire to be more decisive in that way. Cause yeah. I feel like it's more genuine, but yeah. what's funny for me is I think, I am, I suck at that, but I 
I am trying and try to help my wife out with that, even though I, I'm terrible <laughs> at it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, so it's like something will come up and she'll be like, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do this because I want to. And I'm like, you should just say no. Just yeah. don't do it. <laughs> and I, But I don't do that. So that's like the yeah. deception on my part or whatever. But yeah. And I think she understands that I respect people like that. So she wants to be more like that. But anyways. I think I'm a no first person usually. Yes, I think you are too. Yeah. Like I have pretty, like I'm willing to change my mind, but initially I'm like, yeah, I don't have time for that. We always know where yeah. we stand with Megan. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's never like, I wonder if she's not liking us today or whatever. It's very, very clear. Yeah. I'm not, but I that's don't good. hide a lot of things. Um, yeah. Also speaking of Kylie, she got really offended when you tried to throw her under the bus for being the one that was like, yeah, we'll do that. And then looking around for other options. <laughs> it's not fair that you sit with her. It's you sit with her on Sundays in our audience, yes. in our mostly empty auditorium. And you get uh, up to the minute verification yeah. or falsification of stories. She was um, like, not true. That's Brent. <laughs> I think I said it was me, didn't I? I don't know. It was in that area. Yeah, it usually it's me that says, oh, we'll see. And then, uh, or like, I will say, um, let's let's see what, how the night plays out. And then go the time was she uh, mad about the time wise no it was when something, i said 8 it was something that, like you were like oh yeah that's totally kylie she was like no uh anyway yeah, i don't that. remember now all the context but yeah. yes it is fun to get to sit next to her now because you do like when brent says stuff she's like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Real time. yeah we've never had a, a, her as a guest of this podcast <laughs> that's not true did we You've when had we? her before. She's early on. I really? think she co-hosted with oh, you a couple okay. of times. I don't remember that at all. But well. sorry, babe. <laughs> um, but th for those reasons, because I think it would just be like, well, you know. Uh, yeah. Um, then other kind of stuff I was thinking about was like, um, beware the beware of an abundance of intentions, but a poverty of action. Yeah, I think that, that was, was like the sticking point. On my notes as yeah. kind of a phrase that I was trying to make sticky for me. Mm -hmm. As you know, because you always hope that you take away something from a talk that like I don't remember 80, 90% of it, but I do remember that phrase. And I wanted that to be as sticky as possible because I think it's so like useful and transferable. In yeah, so it many reminded me areas. of that MLK quote, which I didn't look up, so I don't have it exactly, but about like um like the real don't screw it up we'll crucify you <laughs> the real like um detriment to the civil rights movement is well-intentioned white folks right um who say oh yeah we're gonna do that but then don't have actions behind it um so really just like even in those contexts and like right now in our social justice situation and looking at racial relations like that's a strong conversation that's happening is like okay great you're well-intentioned but what are you doing with that? And how are you, what are your actions that are coming behind those intentions? So, uh, and yeah. that especially strikes home. Cause I know Lauren and I have had conversations when all of this stuff initially went down, she called me up and she's like, Hey, I'm not really meeting with people, but like, I need to meet with somebody and we need to talk cause we need to do better at, you know, all of this. Mm -hmm. at, we not like necessarily we Eastlake, but that was included in just yeah. we culturally. And she was like, I want to be a part of making sure that it's not just, and we hadn't even had Jordan at, at speak at the time. That was like pre all that stuff. That was in the mix. But um, it was like, we need to be uh, more aggressive. And, I, and and the best part of it was she was like, I want to be a part of the solution. This was before any hiring conversation had taken place. She was just like, I want to be a part of making sure that 
these kind of conversations are taking place Mm -hmm. in the church that I'm a part of, and I will help lead and do whatever. And so, and I think we've um, had those conversations too of like, great, we're doing this now, but what's like, what's the long term? Where's that? Where are that tangible actions that show that we are actually committed to this? Right. Um, like, what are we doing to? be a part of this solution. So. Yeah. Well, an impact matters more than intent, For you sure, know, which yeah. comes back to the, the talk, you know, it's like our intentions can always be good, but the impact is really the bottom line. So, yeah. and we brainstormed some ideas when we sat down across the coffee table at Kagan's and, um, we are definitely hopeful for this fall. I mean, <laughs> we need a change in some some uh, variables in terms of meeting to be able to do some of the things that we wanted to do. But um, hosting a video, like showing a, 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 a video or a documentary like 13th or whatever, or um, in any of those really great things that would spark good conversation and get people in a room and get the mindset going that way and, and facilitating some stuff. So... Um, be on the lookout because I think uh, we together, Lauren, us, uh, all of us together are going to be kind of engaging in that on a little bit more hands-on level moving forward. So definitely good. Um, I, uh, so this has nothing to, well, do you have anything else for this specifically? This No, that was good. So I was reading uh, again last night on something uh, in Kierkegaard looking ahead towards this weekend. And there's something that came up that I don't think is relevant for either week two or week three, but it's really, really good stuff in terms of his thinking and, and thought process. And then I was also reading the news this morning as I, I don't know, do you, what's your process waking up? Do you roll over, turn on your phone and read the news? Is that Twitter? You? Twitter? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> occasionally, but not all, like not every morning. I can't do Twitter because then I like look up and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 8.30. I've been doing this for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. It's a black hole. But I have about three email news sources that I sort of trust. And I will read those for my <laughs> morning news, whether it's over coffee uh, on my table or, or perhaps like maybe one or two and better, something like that. Anyways, I was reading one this morning and uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. officially resigned from Liberty University uh, over the weekend. Um, for the last couple of weeks, there's been some controversy involved with the picture that he posted on his Instagram and blah, blah, blah. And he's always been kind of associated with the religious right, his dad and 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 himself and um, Trump and all that kind of stuff. And, and not to get political on that, but it, it, a very, I, I bring it up because he's a very prominent public evangelical, you know, or claims evangelical Christian that way. Um, and then this thing came out in, in the paper that was like, it was, it's worse than we thought. Is it, it always is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's an extramarital affair going on with his wife and he knew about it and blah, you know, and just the, all this junk that just keeps coming out. And then um, it just provides, again, more fodder when you when you play the card so often about being morally uh better than others or you know we i am not wording this right but like when it beco- when when that becomes your platform mm-hmm. of a high heightened sense of morality and come to our school and and you'll learn that and the problem with culture is a lack of morality and just choices and and all, all that kind of stuff and then something like this comes out um what that does to the platform of uh of liberty for sure will take a hit evangelical christianity will take a hit there's going to be a perception in the mind of people who are looking from the outside that just there it is again you know, just a, a hit on Christianity and it can be hard 
as somebody who and we we've all we we all identify as Christians, so it's really hard when you hear something like this take place on 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 tons of different levels to be like, well, that's not that's not really us, or that's not really, you know. And and I think that smart and wise people can differentiate between there are all kinds of people with all kinds of factions, um, Democrats, people who call themselves Democrats, people who call themselves Republicans. And when that when there's a fallout there, it affects the whole. It's just generally true of life. And I was reading Kierkegaard last night where he said um, he likened it to his analogy of if you went out in the woods and you saw somebody who looked like a woodcutter, had the beard, the flannel jacket, and he's holding an axe and he's trying to cut a piece of wood, but he's missing it completely or hitting it on the side, side of the axe head uh, the, on, on the wood and absolutely doing nothing to this, this piece of wood. Um, some people might look at that person and say um, that woodcutter is doing it all wrong. Um, whereas some other people would look at him and be like, I don't think that's a woodcutter at all guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, there's a difference between those two things mm-hmm. and, th- and his claim is always going to be a harshness towards either you're in or you're out. I mean, he was very black and white. Talk about boundaries whenever you read him. So, and that, that again, I res- I have a certain respect for people like that because I like, I mean, black and white, whatever. It, it's just, it's very clear, dis, clear delineation or clear distinct, uh, distinguished, clearly defined, clear distinction. <clears throat> yes, that's the word. Uh, anyways, um, about what it is and what it isn't to be Christian. And um, so that's my only comment. I feel like our audience here is probably people who would self-identify as Christians. I mean, I don't think we have a huge non-unchurched audience that listens to a church podcast. (laughs) Um, And so I'm not, I'm not saying this out loud to be like, guys, that's not, that's not who we are. Don't, don't worry about it. We're, we're good. Like it's fine or whatever. Um, I just think that to keep that in mind so that we don't get jaded by uh, the fallout from people that I don't think either, any of us had like the super high platform of Jerry Falwell Jr. Um, in, you know, prior to this weekend coming into this. But I just mean, uh, in general, we've we had all kinds of people on all kinds of different platforms and just realizing the call to Christianity is is really, it's, it's difficult and there's a lot of um, perceptions of what it entails and what it doesn't entail. Um, and the simplicity of just following Jesus. And he also goes on and says, it's like putting on the garb of Jesus to try and imitate him, to try and uh, fool people into thinking that you are Jesus. It's not like I just want to, I want to imitate him, but I want to be, I want to do it in such a way. I want to live my life in such a way that, um, that people are, are genuinely like, I think that might be, (laughs) might be him. That's, that's what following, that's what Christianity is. And it's really, really difficult Mm -hmm. is what he says. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, uh, it's, it's a reminder of the humility entailed in Christianity of that. We will not get it right, but that doesn't mean we don't try hard. Um, and then a, a push against the pride of anytime you leverage this, anytime you try and use this as a, as my heightened morality makes me a better person or more loved by God or, or a, a, a hammer against how you are electing to live your life. Um, that's just setting yourself up for failure a little yes, bit. So yes, yes. anyways, yeah, that's good stuff. Don't be like the ax cutter in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Don't make people think is that, I don't think he's an ax cutter. I don't think he's an ax cutter. <laughs> that, Cause that's really anytime one of those prominent like Christian figures falls, which they do a lot because yeah. they're human. Right. But that's what everybody else watching thinks. I don't think he's actually a Christian. 
Right. Well, right. or like, I don't think like maybe that's so, not what Christianity should be about or yeah, like, I don't think I want to be See, a Christian. And that's the, so. I, I think that most people look at that and be like, and they associate, well, I don't know, not most people. I think that there's a, a section of society that looks at that and be like, if that's Christian, I don't want anything to do with it. For sure. Yeah. And then there's the rest of it where it's like, guys, let's look at like, I don't think that guy's an ax cutter at all. Yeah. Um, I don't think, or a wood cutter. I don't think he, um, I think he was just a prop and a play and a, and a tool. Mm-hmm. And um, not that he's a tool, although he might be. I, have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I was gonna say, I don't know, um, I don't know him personally, so I uh, can't speak to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, that was yeah. kind of a sidestep, but I thought it was in- interesting stuff. All right, um, yeah. let's jump into our something interesting. All right, I'm ready. Um, since I open, that means that you go first today. Correct. And I will go second. Yeah. And then if you want to jump in with your. Option number three, you're more than welcome to, but no obligation to. She's shaking her head. I don't no. have an She's option like three. <laughs> so you haven't done anything interesting? I mean, I told you guys about my squash plant, and that's really not that interesting. So <laughs> um, so I watched, I think it came out in 2014, um, the Anna Karenina movie with Kira mm, Knightley. Yes. And I watched Book it. Book by the, Leo Tolstoy. Yes. Which I feel like I've read Anna Karenina, but now I can't remember. It's like 900 pages. Good I for know. you. I think I read it in like AP lit in high school, but, mm-hmm. um, I hadn't seen it and I was, I really enjoy period dramas. It's like one of my favorite genres of movie. And so I was like, Oh, I'll watch this. And the movie itself is fine. The act, I mean, it's pretty good, well acted and the story is kind of like, it's ridiculous. It's about this woman who basically destroys her life over an affair. Um, and the interesting thing to me was the set design in this film because they designed the set like a theater. So all of the scenes look like they are like theater sets. And even like the outdoor scenes, they'll like pan back and then it'll look like it's in a theater. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. And it that was like the most interesting part of the film for me. And also just like continually fascinating throughout the entirety of the movie of just how they design. They're embracing this kind of uh, like unique like perspective on this. Yeah. So it wasn't like these necessarily these like grand giant mansion scenes that you like see. Right. Also, obviously this is Russia. It's like Russian aristocracy. So they didn't quite have the mansions that like British aristocracy did, but it's not like all of the sets look like, like theater sets. Like, you know, the rooms are separated by like one little wall that's like that looks like a theater wall or like it was very, very interesting. That part of it for me, Um, the movie itself is fine. It's whatever. If you like period dramas, you probably enjoy it. But um, and or watching a woman destroy her life over an affair, then maybe you'd like it. But um, I mean, jump in front of train tracks at all. Spoilers. Ah, They're not going to watch it. But the the th- the set design was very like unique and um, interesting and like thought provoking for me the whole time. So yeah, that's my that's my interesting. That's cool. Yeah, he uh, so same guy who wrote War and Peace. So you yeah. have like all these major um, stuff, and it's like that classic uh, Russian. Um, so Dostoevsky, Tolstoy, all, they, they just their their way of having insight into the mind and the way that they wrote about what they thought, and they spent 
multiple pages doing it, but mm-hmm. they they had like they wrote in such a way that you just identify with all of the characters. And be yeah, like, I can see myself in that. I can see a little bit of that person in me in that way. Just really, yeah, very complex characters. Yeah, the, character the Russian huge, classics have huge. very complex characters. Yeah. Even the villains, you're like, well, I can see kind of where they're coming from. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, because yeah. we've all watched those movies where you're like, that person that does that person just doesn't exist. Like, why would somebody? hate that much like they're like, if they're a villain they have to have a backstory why do they i mean that was the best part of like christopher nolan batman movies is like you actually got when he did like uh or even joker or or dark knight or whatever like you get why the joker is the way that he is um in the previous part you know stuff he's just so cartoonish you're like it just doesn't it's f- cool but it's for kids mm-hmm. and then when you humanize and be like no he's got the reason for it then you're like now i get it now it makes sense yeah um and so yeah Tolstoy was always, yep. always good at that mm-hmm. so all right mine has to do with alaska and i didn't even know <laughs> it was going to be because of you um but uh i was uh finishing up an episode of deadliest catch which i watch routinely you know that i've talked <laughs> yep. about this in this podcast and the next show that came on uh randomly was a show called 100 days wild mm. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Yeah? It literally just premiered on Friday. Was yeah. the was the season premiere uh, and, and the first show ever. Uh, and I was hooked like 10 minutes into this thing. It's this um, it's this couple who built this um, like shack in the woods in no nowhere, Alaska. And they are bringing in – somehow they got connected with people from the mainland who are like, I also want to live off the grid and I have certain talents to – be a part of this community. I'm a tanner. I'm a hunter. I'm a you know gardener. I'm a I'm a uh, a builder. Construction. I can build forts. And they have a hundred days before winter sets in. I mean, obviously, you know, it's it's seasonal. So who knows? It could be 104. It could be 98. But they're treating it like mm-hmm. they have like a graph, like 98 days left, like a 60 minutes kind of ticking clock thing. And they're trying to like get enough meat to kind of you know carry them through the winter. And it's like this very much this balance of, okay, if we bring in this person, that's great because they can help us build stuff, but that also requires X amount of increase in our in our food production. So now we've got to go hunt this. And so and they're going and they're hunting moose. They're trying to kill a moose and they've got beavers and so you see all this wildlife. You see the Alaska frontier. Really, I'll watch anything on Discovery just because <laughs> I like Alaska frontier stuff. I'm like, show me the Bering Sea gold. Show me all the stuff. Show me the mining things that you got to do. I, I don't want to live that life. I want to act like I'm living that life. <laughs> Cause I don't like the cold. Like Kylie was watching and she's like every, like every five minutes she'd be like, Ooh, they look cold. Ooh, they look really cold. Look at that. That beaver's like frozen solid. That looks cold. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's Alaska. Right. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, so they're slowly bringing on these people and there's personalities and it feels like this community thing where, um, they could potentially kick people off. Ooh. They haven't done it yet, but it kind of feels like a crossover between Survivor, um, where they're like, "We're gonna vote uh-huh. you out," and the tribe has spoken. And you got to go home now. And but like, I don't know how you're gonna get home because you're in the middle of nowhere. You're not gonna borrow <laughs> our boat and use our fuel. Um, so I, I guess good luck. I, you know, got to ride a moose home. I'm not sure how it works, <laughs> but it just started, so you're not behind. Other than I guess one episode, but yeah, 100 Days Wild on Discovery Channel. Um, and uh, how did you hear about it? Did you watch it? Oh, I just saw something about it on, oh, okay. on Twitter, and I was like, another show with Alaska. You know, I know, I, like, I know, right? Because I got like the Alaskan bush close. people, which I never got into that. Yeah, it just oh, felt... my mom was hardcore into that. Was show. she? Mm-hmm. I watched a couple episodes. It feels like, like they're definitely odd characters, but at some point, the people know that there are cameras there, and so you wonder how much they're doing just to perform for cameras. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that. Right? That's what I don't like about most reality shows. Is like. It's clear that you 
you wouldn't act or argue it that way or be this ridiculous if there were no cameras on you. Um, whereas I feel like, you know, Survivor does a great job of being like, yeah, there are cameras, but like, well, I'm just trying to deceive, you know, these 12 people. Yeah. And I'm well, like, that's cause they have like an actual game that they're an actual game, a goal, playing, you yeah. know, and lack of food. So they're like, I'm genuinely starving right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So a couple of the shows I'm like, I don't know. It feels, it feels too played up. But, uh, then the ones that are, I think the ones that are like genuine survival things, I think that they don't just, I mean, they know that the cameras are there, but. They're like, yeah, but seriously, I do need to eat because I'm starving. So, isn't the naked and afraid one where they have to go and like it's like the camera that they have just with them in their mm-hmm. little space, uh, but they have to really. Maybe I think I'm there is a, a cameraman with them on naked and afraid, hmm. but I'm not positive about that. No, oh, I think there is for sure because they yeah. like it's a third person. And- yeah, I think mm-hmm. they have little cameras also. I'm not. Okay. I haven't watched very many episodes. Yeah, of that, I've but- only seen snippets, but I'm like, yeah. that seems kind of real but it's like I mean, two strangers yeah that's a man such and a, a weird... woman stranger that they like throw out into the wilderness naked hey how you doing yeah how's it going yeah. i that yeah i don't know that's that seems crazy to me seems crazy to me i'd also want to do a background check on the guy who's like volunteering to be like the filmmaker for that you know what i mean like charlie's the guy's like i'll do it for free you're like Charlie, we, we can't let you do that, man. <laughs> You're a creep. We're not doing that. Uh, anyways. Yeah. All right. Did you come up with anything? Say no, anything? I, I was not told I needed to come I with know. something. He told her she didn't need to come up with any content. I so. did. Getting so roasted th- here. You, let's talk about your mug that we've you and I have talked about before. Okay. Yeah. That I think is just a really cool thing. Because I make coffee in the mornings and about... 20 minutes in, my coffee's cold, and I got to put it in a microwave to reheat it. And I've I, been there. I, I've that done that. That used to be my I'm, life. Like some days, like four times I'll do it. And the, one cup of coffee, which is a shame. You brought in one day <laughs> a coffee with a little light on it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a cool light. Why do lights come on cups? And it's called an ember cup. <laughs> and it actually, tell us about your ember cup. Yes, I've had this mug for... Uh, at least two years now, I probably should get a new one, but it basically controls the temperature of your drink. So it has a little coaster, which charges it. Um, and when it's fully charged, it lasts me a couple hours. So I'm obsessed with it because yeah, I like to have my coffee a certain temperature. And if I can don't, you adjust that? Just, can you do hotter? You can't. So you, you get an app with it. Okay. So you can, um, oh, dude, you get an app with this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you sign it up with Rent the app. Amazon prime me. Let's I'm go. Telling you, this is probably the best thing I've ever bought because I don't even use real mugs anymore. Cause the, the, like, how fast it goes cold and I'm like, I need a microwave. And then it's yeah. like, do you have a microwave nearby? Have you accidentally so- ever put that in a microwave? No. Okay. Never. Cause I think that that would probably do damage to the electronics. Probably. That are inside I wouldn't the recommend thing. that. Yeah. No. So that would be my fear of myself. I'd have it for like a week and then I accidentally microwave the uh, electronics and it's gone now. And it was a $70 mug. Yeah. I think they have travel ones too. I mean, they've probably improved the technology even since I got mine, but yeah, shameless plug, Ember Mugs. In like a store. Is it like online only? Did you get it from Ember.com or is no, it Amazon? You know thing? what happened is I was in Starbucks and they were selling them. And I was like, is this what I think it is? And I like went and read <laughs> the box and was like, I think this this is this is real. And then um <laughs> Dreams do come. Yeah, true. but I think I ended up buying it online. Like I just saw it in Starbucks and then yeah. found it online and bought it. Yeah, but you're one of those highly people. recommend Barnes and Noble hates people like you. Come in. <laughs> 
This book looks great. Yeah. I'm going to go buy this on Amazon. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Ember mugs. See, you did it. You came up with content. I mean, for I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it is a very cool mug. So you have to wash it and clean it then every day. Eh, half ah. twos, maybe. Way of putting it. I'm the only one that uses it. So yeah, it's just a uh, light rinse, oh, you know? Yeah. Totally. Good stuff. Uh, All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Say Something Interesting. This week in part three in the conclusion of our series, Either Or, we are also going to be doing a little bit of a pre-service action this week. We finished up Cameo Over Under this last week, and uh, Kylie was so nervous going into it. because she, she was. She's I don't not know why. that into famous people. And luckily for her, it wasn't for you, but they showed pictures up on the screen, yeah. mm-hmm. which I think really helped her out, except yep. when he put Randy Jackson up there for like two minutes, and Randy Jackson was not part of this. So I think Well, Andrew he was, was just, on my list. Oh, he was. Oh, okay. Because you didn't bring the name up for it. No, because you said Sherry Shepard from The View. Yeah, and then put up a picture of Randy Jackson. And I thought you were throwing her off. No, (laughs) that was a miscommunication between Andrew and I. I think, but yeah, but she thought Sherry Shepard was the woman that voiced Lamb Chop, which is not true. No, that's not true. Whatever happened to Lamb Chop? Mm. Well, the woman that voiced him passed away a while ago. So. Went away. Uh, <laughs> just for the record, Randy Jackson on Cameo, over under $200. Oh, shoot. I don't remember now. Really? I want to say over. Yeah, I would guess over. I can look it up, but yeah, well, we I don't mean, need to. It's not worth that. I'll look it up and tell you later. I thought maybe you knew. Okay. I don't remember. Uh, this weekend, we're going to be playing a new game. Um, well, not a new game, but a new game for us called Pictionary. Um, I'm going to be coming up with the objects. Lauren is going to be drawing them on... What's the thing called the little pad the drawing pad kylie knew exactly what it was when i said it yesterday and i remember it start with a w is that yeah something like that where you can draw on a piece of plastic on your thing and it shows up on the screen Mm -hmm. so lauren's going to be drawing on the screen that is in front of the two of you uh megan and kylie and they're going to be trying to guess and you can guess online as well and Um, for the record randy jackson charges 350 oh so it was over (laughs) i got the i got the over correct Mm -hmm. Um, so if you're uh, watching this weekend, make sure to log in a little bit early, say 945-ish on Sunday at eastlaketricity.com slash live or on the live stream function on our app. We would love to have you be a part of Pictionary and the conclusion of the series. And don't forget our worship night is coming up September 13th in the Uptown Theater parking lot. Um, first hundred people get to get out of their cars. The second thousand people get to stay in their cars <laughs> and go through the Dairy Queen drive through and watch from the comfort of that. So we got some fun stuff planned for for that so make sure that you uh block off that evening and come be a part of it with us definitely that'll do it for today's episode have a great week everybody and uh we'll see you next week bye, bye. bye.